so today, today I want to speak about descending into the heart. Descending into the heart. It's the completion of the story. It's the fullness of the story. It's the wrapping up. It's of unity. But before I get to that, I want to just mention that uh, another quality that needs to be wrapped up in us so that we can move in that direction is the masculine and feminine tendencies within us. Uh, we often, as a male in culture, often times there's a subtle uh, judgment associated with the feminine qualities that you might experience within yourself, and vice versa. As a female, I'm sure there are equal judgments about the masculine tendencies within yourself. But both exist, the yin-yang exists simultaneously within us, and they are both needed uh, in the completion of this journey. They need to be acknowledged, they need to be brought forth, they need to be honored, and totally unified. Uh, And if your tendency has been to set your spiritual journey up as a kind of sense of accomplishment, giving yourself tasks to do and your empowerment and control and looking for traditions that offer that kind of empowerment and work ethic. Well, that's a very masculine form with a goal and an ending and clear demarcations along the way. It doesn't serve you in this particular direction that we're pointing, which is the resolution of practice. And on the other hand, you need the female needs the masculine qualities of adventure, of fearlessness, of exploration, courage, self-leadership, self-governance, groundedness. Not that that's not a part of the female at all, but it needs to be brought out so that it matches in every way and moves. And it's only through the the, uh, the merging of those two factors in ourselves that we can move forward in the way that we are now pointing. Especially when we're talking about the heart. The heart is not a female possession. Although we often attribute it to the female quality. It is a holistic perception. The magnanimous perception. And we need to remember that and find and encourage that counterpart out in us to come to that sense of completion. So when we're talking about descending into the heart, that's the spiritual heart of completion, not the emotional trembling heart 
that we find embedded with our in our human chest. So let me rehearse the journey of how we got to this descendants by just saying once again how the ascendance occurs. For most people, the first journey into awakening spirit is ascending outside of the mind and body captivity. The expression of being contained within, of being held captive to, literally. I felt that very strongly when I was a young person, preteen, contained within. I couldn't get outside of what the mind and body were conscripting me in. And yet there's this enormous yearning. I knew something. It must have occurred previous incarnation, but I knew something was being very limited by that container feeling. <clears throat> but the the ascension is up out of that into this enormous, spacious, clear space of seeing where one is no longer the seer. There is unattached seeing. Unattached seeing. And the sense of no longer being encased within my personal reference of myself as I mean or my, or the mind's, the mind is quiet, is stilled at that point. So the mind falls away. It is not an object any longer within this ocean of seeing. And you can hear just from the description, I want to keep swimming in that ocean, and that's putting your eye in it, and there is no eye, but there is a limitation to it. And the seeing sees its limitation. You will begin to discover, if you haven't already, and I encourage that discovery, of knowing the intelligence of awareness. It is the birthing of all intelligence. We think, we call it instinct in birds. Instinct, but that's, that's a birthing, that's the intelligence of the living spirit. And it grants everything complete understanding of what and how to navigate the world as a bird or as a human. And we superimpose upon that our uncultured view of intelligence and knowledge and then assert that going forward. But in this ocean of seeing, the mind is still. All there is is intelligence. And that intelligence sees its limitation. What could possibly be limited? It's, it's not suffering. There's no suffering there. So what could be it possibly be its limitation? There's a slight disconnectedness within it. Because it's not total. It sees its own completion in stillness. And there's also the understanding that it's incomplete. 
so, it understands its formlessness, its stillness, but it has not completed the journey of understanding the nature of form. So, it descends. into the heart to be embodied in form in form it will go wherever it feels incomplete (laughs) and so it comes back to itself but it doesn't come back to itself as it was prior to leaving which was contained within mind and body it brings limitless mind and body into the experience of reformation And it does so fearlessly. That's the male aspect. And it does so tenderly. Extraordinary tenderness. And that's the female aspect. And those are not in conflict in the slightest. And it does so with extraordinary vulnerability. And openness. And inquisitiveness. And stillness. It has lost none of its spacious, effortless seeing. But when it comes back into the body, it meets the spirit, it enters the spiritual heart. The spiritual heart is not the emotional, personal heart that we know of. The emotional, personal heart is full of the residues of our emotional life. And when it comes back in, it brings that sensitivity and that open seeing to the residue that remains within the emotional heart. In exactly the same way as the seeing when mind-focused Resolved thought. Resolved it. Now I just want you to get a feeling for the power of presence, which is what, when it re-enters the body, it feels more localized than, you know, although it has that capacity, still there is a sense of presence, of of locale. And so when it comes back into the heart, 
it comes back in, into the personalization of what we have left unattended. It doesn't try to fix anything. It just meets it. And as I was going to mention, if you just sense this immensity of presence that encircles and doesn't distort, doesn't disfigure, doesn't contradict, doesn't proclaim, doesn't encourage, doesn't push you this way or that, and you just let that settle within. So the infinite is settling within the personal. You feel loved for the first time. True love for the first time. Loved as the individual residue of what you left yet to be done. That part of you. The image of you. Whatever remains of you. And with the recognition of this encompassing seeing, the residue of that can be easily released. We try as best as we can from the provincial view of mind and history to get rid of ourselves. To have that not occur again. And the Buddha said, conditions cannot be put, cannot end conditions. And we try so hard to do that. But the full embrace doesn't feel like you're being loved. It's just you're being completely permitted. <laughs> no, no one's, you're free to dance in the ballroom. There's nobody looking. And you're like, oh, I can really try that step. You know, it's like that kind of freedom of mobility and, and response. And everything just comes out and wants to meet it in, we, in us that has been so locked in with our judgments of stupidity and disgrace and and terror and all oh, human beings don't act like that. <laughs> That's why you never know whether it's going to come out as a fool or wise person, as comedy or as error. but it always comes out seeking its completion. Because it moves within its incompleted ways. Releasing the boundaries that have kept it contained and conscripted. Into what? Joy. Joy. never to be tucked in again. Now I want to 
deviate for a moment and give you a practiced way of getting a sense of direction into this. I'd like to offer, this can be so conceptual, it sounds great, you know, let's write it down and bow to it or something, which doesn't do anything but a practice invitation can change. When you're outside and you notice something of extraordinary beauty, it can be dew on the grass or just a touch of the wind on the cheek or a sight, smell, or taste or just the freshness of the whole of the forest. And feeling that sense of awe and beauty within us, go there. That's an access point to the heart. Let the sense of awe, don't try to explain what that is, don't try to capture it in memory, just go into the sense of awe itself, the sense of beauty itself. And it'll take you to the spiritual heart. The heart that is always with us but has been neglected because of the preference of the emotional heart. And this heart has extraordinary tenderness, sensitivity, appreciation, gratitude, all the things you spiritually want for yourself. Without grasping it, how are you going to grasp all? That's why it's such a nice door. It can also give you a sense of the infinite, infinite space, the infinite stillness within all. A-W-E. I don't mean A-L-L. I'm hoping you're hearing A-W-E. <laughs> Of course, it's in A-L-L, too. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) We always place it in a location. But there's continuous awe in front of us. Because when we're quiet and the mind isn't in its operative form, the mystery itself is beheld. And that's all filled. Filled with awe. Not all full. <laughs> See, now, if you're of the masculine vintage, how do I get there? (laughs) This is the meaning of the masculine. The courage to go there. That's all you need from the masculine side. The ability to open to it and appreciate it and what it provides you and what it accesses. 
the receptivity of it, that's the female, of equal quantities. I, just as an aside, two or three of you have mentioned to me that you, uh, you're interested. I'm somewhere in my talk or Narayan's talk or somewhere along the line, you picked up the word void and you want to get there. <laughs> you want to bypass all the steps <laughs> and you want to go right into the void. <laughs> Hell with that other stuff. <laughs> Except you're going the wrong way and you're going in the wrong direction. And the sense of self is trying to face it and have an experience of it. First of all, the void is the mother of all experience. And it itself is not an experience. So you can't have an experience. Those are, that's contradictory. And also, you're facing it in the wrong way. You want the void. You, the void is manifesting you in that moment. And so how can, you can't lean into it. You can't even lean behind it. You have to be a nobody in order to even see it. And then you delight in the fact of its birthing you. Okay? So don't put it up as a prize. It's an evolution towards that. But the most important aspect of that evolution is to find your intrinsic, inherent essence. From there, there is only a slight shift of view, or it's not even a shift of view, it's just a slight more opening to have that final understanding. Don't go in search of it. But that's the masculine in us. I do it. I I don't want to wait. Why, Why, you know, I don't want to go to grammar school. (laughs) So it's a a way of knowing, it's a way of, see it's all settled. It's already settled. (laughs) Now how are you going to find it? I don't like that as a man. I want to find it. I want it to be a conquest. But it's already settled. The story's written. Yeah, well, I'm going to go a different route then. Okay. So I never discourage people doing their adventure into the void because they'll learn something, hopefully, about what they need to do in order to have that as an actual manifestation. Inside, I smile. (laughs) But it's okay. And so I'm not taking that journey away from you. I'm encouraging, actually. Go learn. Go learn. See what you can get out of it. Go take notes. <laughs> See if you can capture it on, on your cell phone. <laughs> okay, so back to the heart. <laughs> Got a little sidetrack there. Back to the heart. Is the heart... Descends for completion. It's coming back. It it needs to understand form, formation. So it becomes form. It's not afraid of becoming what it doesn't understand completely. And there's also a unification that occurs 
when heart form meets the formless, the, the heart sutra is complete as a view forward. And within everything lies heart, spirit, spirit, sacred, across the lands. Sacred. In unification, nothing can be left out. Hold one thing back, the whole thing collapses back into mind in human heart, personal heart. I hate this, I don't like that. You can't leave anything out. It demands total perception or it's lost. And it's ruthless with itself. It goes where the human person, me, was afraid to go. But it doesn't care because it's got now the qualities to be able to hold and end suffering completely in relationship to emotion as well as thought. Emotions for us are speaking personally, but I can also see it universally, are the most terrifying aspects of ourselves. We give them much more credence than we give thought because they're often entwined with thought, like a double helix, coming to some kind of genetic conclusion about ourselves, cemented, I am this way. They terrorize us. And yet, we relish them as the meaning and purpose of life. And they are, listen, they are conditioned phenomena, no better or less than a thought. (gasps) I took it from you there. They are not more precious and more true They aren't some absolute in themselves in which I can spend my life nurturing, cultivating. But there is the quality of sensitivity. There are qualities of heart that are of that homage. Like love. But it's not embroiled in that kind of double helix mixture of thought, emotional story, narrative, the story of my life. That's what has to be relinquished in order to know the spiritual heart, to know its truth, to know its union, to know its essence. So in its descending manifestation, it sees thought as thought. It sees emotion as conditioned. And it is an unconditioned phenomenon that heals the residue of all of that baggage. And it will go where, as an individual, 
into the self-assumptions, which I will have a talk on whenever my next talk is, into the self-assumptions in which we have fixed ourselves over our entire life. into a knot of belief. It goes right there. It goes right there. Now, the unconditioned can put an end to conditions. But just held within the conceptual overlay of mind and emotions, self-narrative and self-image. Those conditions harden and harden and harden the story that we fear we are and which we become because of the fear we are. Until there's hardly a breathing space out of which we could possibly become anything else. You don't want to use your practice to narrow the possibilities. You don't want to call yourself an old, experienced meditator. You should be on day one when everything was was open to inquisition and opportunity and possibility. That's what true meditation looks like. It doesn't look like an experienced meditator. I've seen this state a hundred times. And if you keep reasserting that position, the opening within your meditation gets narrower and narrower and narrower in terms of its true blessing. Remembering that being able to switch into the sacred where everything is alive, that's the point of meditation. Not the dead death of our conditioned reference to everything, but to to bring things alive, to make them accessible, to make spirit, to make the sacred accessible. And the difficulty with what we're suggesting is my efforts don't work towards that end. And it's, such, it's so frustrating that we're denied the one means we're so sure of, ourselves and our empowerment, to get to this most precious treasure. But it's the way. Try as you want, muscle your way through, decide that, you're, that you can do all that. All it will do, I encourage you to do that, because the only way you'll see that it's an end is to come to the end. And then what feels at the end like what 
the end feels like is despair. God, I don't know what to do. See how amorphous this is? It's so simple. (laughs) And yet so difficult from the mind's point of view because the mind is going from here to there, which this is not. It's about how to get from here to there, which this is not. Which the strategies and forces I use to get from here to there, which this is not. My interpretation of life is that there is a this and a there, which this does not hold. That's the difficulty. That's the difficulty. And even wanting to be here, wanting to hear it, because by God, I'm not, I'm not going to become powerless. Fine. All of these things are just fine, except you have to come... You have to keep the male and the female adventuresomeness inside us to explore those possibilities until you come back to despair. And then, within that despair, if it's strong enough, and if your heart's yearning is deep enough, we change course. And changing course is, oh, my God, how simple this is. Okay, that's enough for today. Thank you all. Can we be quiet for a minute? The life around you, the stillness around you, and the stillness that's inside is the connecting point, is the joining, is the Sistine Chapel's fingers touching. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.